0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Semino and Rick Summers. Wow, it's been a long time, my friend. Who are you? Yeah, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like Rip Van Winkle, and I just woke <laughs> up. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, that show, Middle-Aged Warriors. Welcome, yeah, everyone. We're, we're now old age warriors. Yeah. Welcome back to Middle Age Warriors. We, we've been on a hiatus, uh, not, probably not as, not as high as we'd want it to be. But nonetheless, we were, we've been on hiatus. How are you, my friend? I'm doing okay. I Good. just, uh, I'm just blown away at, uh, and
0: I say this to you every time we talk, how quickly time is just evaporating.
1: Yeah, well, I just realized, I mean, I had you over, we had a, a my last bash on the rooftop of, of where I live, um, sort of saying goodbye to summer. And that was what, three weeks, over three weeks ago now? Or oh, close yeah, to that, right? Yeah, Something like three like weeks
0: ago. And I think it's been that long since we've spoken. And since we haven't been sitting and doing a, a Zoom or a get-together for Middle aged Warriors every week, you kind of lose track a little bit of what's going on in 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 lives and in the interim baseball season's over for the Mets and the Yankees
1: and the Yankees uh, yeah
0: football season is
1: maybe well, it's well over. over it's over for our teams <laughs>
0: <laughs> hockey season has begun basketball season may begin
1: mm-hmm. Broadway
0: is back um the city Seems like it's coming back to life somewhat. What's your take on that?
1: Well, I can tell you I've uh, already spent uh, several times going in and out cursing, stuck in traffic. So I'm pretty sure the city's back.
0: But I cannot I, tell you how many times I've said to Valerie in the past, I don't know, the past year uh, or really the past few months, I kind of miss the pandemic because it was <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was I, it, You know, living in New York, it was just a lot easier when everybody stayed home.
1: Yeah, I mean, I understand. I mean, that's that's what you're saying is sort of tongue in cheek, but not really. Um, And, you know, there are moments when you're in the traffic, you agree. But it was sort of ghost towny and very surreal when it was that a ghost town and it was empty. So but yeah, I mean, but the traffic is back. And, you know, some somebody was telling me that. Because of the scenario where people are still skittish about taking mass transit, getting into, you know, containers like a subway car or a bus with a lot of other people, if they can, they hop in there and they're using their own cars. So there's probably more cars on the there road are. now than yeah. pre-pandemic. Um, you know, because of that. So that's adding that's adding to it. I want to go back to something you touched on because I have not yet uh, dipped my toe back into the the great white way and, and seen a show. But you've been uh, to Broadway. You've seen, what, two, three shows so far, right? We've seen three. The big one was uh,
0: when Wicked reopened about wow. uh, three weeks ago. And the reason we went, and it was purely sentimental, um, and Valerie and I happened to be there opening night 18 years ago. And as you know, we are big fans of uh, Stephen Schwartz, who composed the music for Wicked. Mm -hmm. And we've had friends in and out of the show. We've seen it a bunch of times over the years. And we felt when we heard that it was coming back that we would actually ready for this, go buy tickets. What? So we did, I know, (laughs) I know. So we bought tickets. Uh, Actually, it was a delayed birthday present for me. Valerie bought us tickets. And we went to see oh. the opening night of Wicked. Uh, I guess it was probably about three weeks ago now. And oh. it was it was great. It was, you know, it was a zoo, everybody was in masks. Uh it was ironic because the person that I ended up sitting next to was a tourist from Argentina. Wow. Which is which is interesting because they were, you know a covid hotspot and still are probably but she and her i don't know if it was her husband or boyfriend had planned a trip to new york a long time she'd never seen a broadway show uh, and they had the opportunity the night before they were leaving to go back to see wicked so they bought tickets came saw it and it was bizarre because the people that were there knew the show intimately oh sure and mm-hmm. they and made so much noise and cheering every step of the way. Mm.
1: But it was great. And it's I'm so glad to see Broadway back. Hey, want to take a quick break for one of our sponsors, Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. All eyes, of course, are now on the gridiron as teams are well underway for the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code, Believe B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V for a bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the twenty twenty one season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. But it's you know that's great to hear. Now you've seen a couple of other shows. What is it? Having gone to Broadway, and you know those theaters are all actually the Wicked theater if it's the same one that I saw the show in. it's yeah. huge, it's huge in a relative sense yeah. it's a very modern I think it's the Gershwin yeah it's I a very it. modern theater there are so many other smaller theaters that are very very close and intimate and the seats are very close how does it feel to be sitting though through a show you know with with the mask the entire time uh, it's a little uncomfortable mm. but
0: um but it's interesting because we were to show last weekend uh somebody sat down and took their mask down and one of the ushers came and said I'm sorry man we need you to put your mask back up
1: Mm -hmm. unless
0: you're eating or drinking something um so it's it's all uncomfortable and for me wearing glasses you know with the mask and the Mm -hmm. fogging up Mm -hmm. is just kind of a nightmare but I will say that looking around the audience that night that opening night at Wicked and that was everybody's first foray back into the theater it was comforting to see everybody wearing a mask mm-hmm. um everybody adhered to it and that was good though i will say you know they take your temperature they check your your uh your vaccination record uh mm-hmm. you know on your phone or or you take it out of your wallet coming in so you just kind of believe that everybody's on best behavior and honest but uh i still don't totally buy that
1: well and, I, I, uh, yeah i think with theater goers though these people are so dedicated they would do anything <laughs> Yeah. Just, to, just to be back in the theater and see a live show I think right? you're right that's a, that's a passion right. yeah that's a passion certainly. and
0: of course uh the, with Aladdin they came back a couple nights later yeah. and then they had to close the next day yeah. because they had a bunch of cast members who tested positive but you know this is just kind of the way it's going to be I think for us uh I don't know if for the rest of our lives but certainly for a while
1: yeah I think the you know one of the things that may become an issue as we move further down the road. Again, I'm not a doctor, nor do I pretend to be one on television or on a podcast. But uh, with with viruses, with time, it does, this virus probably isn't going to just disappear. I mean, viruses kind of stick around. Uh, they mutate sort of like, you know, the flu does. Right. But every year, the flu kills a certain amount of people. People go get their flu shots. Some people get sick. Despite that, some people don't. Uh, I think that's what this is eventually going to become. I don't think it will be certainly as deadly as it has been. I think with time it will be a weaker virus. We'll also have ways of treating it. But I think people may very well, just like the regular flu, they will die from some of the repercussions from from getting COVID two, three, four, five, maybe even ten years from now. I don't. I don't think it disappears that way. So my yeah. thing in my head though is, I mean, for you. I know for me, prior, you know, you hear about the flu, and you know, people die from the flu, from pneumonia, and especially elderly people. And there's some right. flu seasons that are particularly worse than others. And thousands of people die, thousands, you know, every year. But it didn't send panic through everybody. So let's say in two or three years from now, we get to the numbers of deaths from COVID 19 that are more typical of. The f- regular flu season, maybe even less. But I think people are going to hear COVID. Are we going to always go into that mode of protection? We don't wear masks really. Some people do. Uh, the very vulnerable, maybe during flu season. But there's no mandatory masks during flu season. Nobody asks you when you go in a restaurant or or to a Broadway show, uh, do you have your flu vaccination card? <laughs> yeah.
0: No, well, but that's I tell
1: you, that's what I'm you saying. Know,
0: I've, been, I've been having sinus problems off and on my whole life, mm-hmm. and in the last. Uh, year I've gone to an ENT in New York and when I saw him most recently um, I asked him by the way uh, what's your practice been like just for like cold and flu stuff he said it was so quiet last year Mm -hmm. because everybody was so alarmed and ramped up over COVID and the thing that we realized is that people are wearing masks people are not you know, uh, congregating in large groups and coughing over. Think of every time you've ever been in a city bus or a subway car and somebody coughs or of course. being at a sporting event where people are yelling and screaming and saliva is coming out of their mouth. And that's all the stuff. But the other thing is people washing their hands, which is something that is just good practice. And Dr. Brian McDonough would probably agree with us wholeheartedly on this, is washing your hands. And being careful, I wash my hands a lot more carefully uh, through COVID than I do the rest of my life, or did the rest of my life. And I think that makes a difference. I really do.
1: Yeah, you know, but that's practice that we should have been following all along. But you're right. Yeah. With this yeah. now, with this having been sort of the norm over the last year plus. Maybe it, it will just fall into normal habitual behavior. This is what you do, this is how you wash your hands, you go from here to here, or that kind of thing. But you know, the world is a petri dish, and we we can't <laughs> but we can't avoid that. And and part of what makes us stronger is being able to come in contact with these random viruses and bacteria and su- bacteria and surviving. And I think you know, you, you can't create a bubble. I can't, you know, I don't want to live in a world that everybody's wearing a mask all the time in, in yeah. public, you know, yeah, guy's gonna cough on me. It's kind of disgusting, but you know, maybe learn how to cover your mouth more or cough into your, you know, the your arm cough or your elbow. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. But other than that, you know, this stuff's got to be out there and we have to come in contact with it. I mean, this is one of the things they say, you know, what was the concept behind breastfeeding a baby? Because all of those antibodies that are in the mother can now be transferred to this newborn and they'll start to build up the antibodies to a lot of the things that that could attack them in the world. We're all vulnerable. We're vulnerable to a lot of things, but I am not of the belief, you know... <laughs> To the degree of preserving our lives perhaps a little longer, or maybe not getting, you know, sick, that you don't live like a normal human being anymore. And and that is what sort of concerns me as to where we're going. And there's going to be a culture and and a, a sector of people that this is going to last for a really, really long time, meaning this type of behavior. It may get smaller and smaller with time, but I think. 10 years from now, we're walking down the streets somewhere. I wouldn't be shocked that we see people still wearing masks or we got on a bus or a train or a, You know, that still may be part of the culture.
0: Someday we will refer to this as, remember the Halcyon days? These are going to be the COVID days.
1: Yeah, well, clearly, because it really is making, you know, making a huge impact. All right, enough of that. I want to change the subject. Now, you didn't see it today, um, but I happened to catch, I didn't actually, I saw a replay of the launch. Yes. But- William Shatner beam me up he was beamed <laughs> up into outer space did it well, he wasn't beamed up he was launched That's into right, outer imitating art yeah but the thing about watching him before during and then after this man is 90 years old this yeah. is like a middle-aged warrior squared i mean he's just <laughs> like this guy's 90 years old you had to see him climbing into this into this rocket unassisted like he, probably he did it a little smoother than I would with my back these days. I was just, <laughs> the guy is amazing. It really, it really was amazing. He set a record being obviously the oldest man ever in space, but he was really so moved when, when uh, they were speaking to him afterwards, his mind was blown. He was trying so hard to express what the experience was like. And one of the things that he said that I thought was really interesting, you know, is when you get up that high and you realize how quickly we're out of the atmosphere, which is basically the place where we can live. We are in a place where we would die because there's no oxygen in that air right right outside us. And the envelope that, you know, surrounds the earth in the, in the picture of the universe of what he could see then up there, it's, it's, it's thinner than a layer of skin really in reality. It's, it's so delicate and so fragile. And, you know, I think, and the vulnerability as he kept saying, the the vulnerability perspective of the planet, when you're up there looking at it, just totally, totally blew him away. But you know um, what,
0: you know what, Chris, I always go back to when we were young and the pictures of earth that were taken by the astronauts Mm -hmm. on the Apollo mission to the moon. And looking back at the earth, sitting out there is this beautiful, beautiful marble in the blackness of space. And thinking how gorgeous it is how vulnerable we are and really how fragile it all uh, yeah. it is and I don't mean to be you know namby-pamby but so true
1: no it is and, and but that's why you that's why you know when you turn that into another perspective is geez every day really is. A freaking gift we made yeah. it we got another one we've got another one you know i don't take any sunrises or sunsets i see or anything in between for granted anymore i just don't and you know it is but you said like if you think about those pictures compared to what we can see of other planets because we have water on this planet and the atmosphere we have that's what makes it it's gorgeous and we have weather so there's like this blue from the oceans i mean we're 70 percent covered in water and then you know the cloud masses and the storms and it's just It's a a beautiful, beautiful planet. It really, really is. And then you take it all the way down to some of the ugliness we're seeing now. And and you feel like what's, you know, perspective is so strange. You look at like, okay, I'm watching on the same newscast how gun violence is going up here in New York City and and in other places around the country. And it's so sad and the the anger that everybody has. If if maybe you, you could get that perspective, you'd realize how infinitesimal we all are as individuals and that we should just sort of respect where we are and that we have the gift of existence and not be bitching all the time on each other or just hey, about life in general, you know, easier said than done. And as yeah. I always like to say on a crystal clear
0: night, go out and look into space, look at uh, nowadays. I think you can see the planet Jupiter cause it's really bright and you realize how far away it is when you start talking about light years and stuff it's pretty profound it's yeah it reminds me remember animal house when uh donald sutherland was um he was the professor, right, was and, the professor. Uh, and he was smoking a joint and he would, and uh one of the students you no know, the guy who played tom hulse i think played um and he said ah, you mean i could be a sp- back in the fingernail of the universe (laughs) (laughs) and it's like when you realize how small we really are how short our time really is and i know it sounds cliche and we sound like a hallmark card but it's it's humbling it really is
1: yeah the the amount what what is upsetting to me now the amount of time people are spending in anger and frustration which again you know, you you understand because the immediacy is the immediacy. If your life situation is stressful, it's stressful. You you can't just sweep that aside per se. But I think sometimes if we just can shift our perspective a little bit and make it a little bit bigger, that's what always makes our problems. I, I always remember when I when I finally got out to the Grand Canyon. Uh, it was a father daughter trip, uh, quite a few years ago, probably about five six years ago now, and sitting with your at, daughter with my daughter. Uh, She was 21. So it's like five years ago. So uh, in in just sitting at the edge of the canyon, and your feet are dangling, and you're looking out at this massive, massive piece of earth and beauty. And I felt really, really small, really infinitesimal. And then at the time, a lot was going on, my wife was just beginning to get sick. So there was a lot hanging on me. And I remember that feeling like the problems kind of rolled off, they seem smaller. It's like, yeah it really yeah you'll figure it out look at this, you know and i think that's the kind of thing we need to hopefully shift towards a little bit more when we get in those situations we said sounds very zen but it's not a bad practice it's just that's the thing you have to practice it if you're going to practice
0: getting angry if you can do it
1: yeah if you you can do it there was a, a just a couple of days ago i was uh Parking in, uh, trying to park in in um, El Barrio, uh, the the Upper East Side of, of Manhattan. And I find this parking space. And I, I see a car up ahead of me pull out. One car pulls out and created another parking space, which actually was going to be closer to where I wanted to go. But I said, I'm not going to get greedy here. Let me take this one. Because that might have been a fire hydrant there that I can't see. And I ultimately can't. Yeah, walk. yeah, yeah. But, but there was a car ahead of me. And I'm talking probably about six car lengths ahead of me who stopped and put his brakes on. So I thought, well he's going to pull into the new spot. So I back start backing into my spot. As soon as I start backing into the spot, he comes throws his car in reverse and comes back towards me, rolls down the window starts yelling at me that I took his spot. And I'm like, "Wait, what?" So then I, I sort of said like, hey, "Dude, you want to take it because now I knew the other spot was up there anyway." I'm like, "Please, I I don't need any I don't need any problems." So Then he kind of smirked, gave me a hand gesture of some kind, and then went up and parked in the spot up there anyway. So now- (laughs) This is is the Seinfeld
0: episode all over again. But
1: then I turned to Edme and I said, you know what? I don't like the vibe from this guy. I'm not parking here because I don't know if he's going to come back and key my car. I don't know if I get out of the car and walk up the block. He's going to engage me. I, I don't need this. But this is the world we now live in that I had to think- let me avoid the possibility of a conflict from an unreasonable person that just you know inc- I encountered, and and that's where we are. And I, it's, it's not a, that that that's bad news. That's got to change. We've got to do something. And I don't know what exactly collectively, but we've got a very angry and anxiety filled society that we're living in right now, especially here in New York.
0: Well, and the other thing uh, that's been a big news story that has really upset me being a new yorker so this is kind of close to home is the gabby petito story yeah of of this beautiful young woman who was away with her fiance traveling across the country and back and i said to valerie last night i go you know we all think the fact that this kid has disappeared uh and and is nowhere to be found and Nobody's heard a peep from him that he's guilty, but God, and you know that if he ever surfaces or this ever goes to trial, this is precisely what the defense is going to say. How do we know without any DNA evidence or any witnesses, God, I sound like a prosecutor or a defense attorney, don't I? Mm. Um, <laughs> how do we know that he didn't just abandon her and some somebody else didn't find her? And and then take advantage of her and and kill her. Ultimately, we don't know. I feel bad saying that because I know all the fingers are pointing towards him. But we also need to know. I've watched enough Law and Order to know that. You know. Well, <laughs> that's terrible.
1: It would, that I base it, my education on Law and Order. Law and Order. <laughs> well, but it, it would be rather surprised. I you know again. Uh, guilty and, and until, I should say, innocent until proven guilty is always the, you know, the line we use. Right. But um, I would be extremely shocked because there was a pattern here. They, yeah. You know, you, you saw what happened in the police cam and, and that, you know, where they kind of flipped it and, you know, because she was aggressive towards him, but then, you know, obviously he was physical with her. and um, But I don't know what DNA, I mean, I know they, they they now are saying that it was strangulation and I don't know what kind of DNA you know, was remaining, uh, that they could maybe tie to him or not. We don't know if that's even the case yet, but no, I, I mean, I, I, get what you're saying, but you know, it's sort of like the OJ thing, quite honestly, if you're not guilty, you're not running, you're not running and hiding. And, right. uh, you know, <laughs> let's just, let's just leave it at that. Um, cause OJ's still trying to find the killer. So, you know, yeah. You know, How's yeah. he
0: doing with that, by the way? Yeah,
1: it's, uh, it's okay. He's had, <laughs> he has more, he had more problems with tax. Uh, tax on that, yeah. but anyway uh yeah so i mean you know that is kind of a something hopefully it'll it, you know the, the truth will come out and and i don't think anybody will ever find peace in that uh, particularly her parents um yeah but at least some I sense it's, of you it's
0: know, a heartbreaking story it really is
1: no it's 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 rough it, it doesn't seem because there's other video if you see other videos she posted and that's what i was saying to edmy sometimes i'd look at it and i'm like it doesn't look like a couple that's you know, sometimes when somebody you can tell is a little bit under duress, their partner's kind of controlling them, and you can kind of see it in their body language. I did not. From the videos that she was posting, they kind of looked like two young people that were in love and very happy doing what they were doing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you never know what what lurks in, inside everybody. Um, the sadly, shadow knows. Yeah. yeah yeah what what are you listening to radio again <laughs> in the <laughs> <Really>? 1940s
0: <laughs> hey I gotta tell you if I can interrupt for a second I really have missed doing this for the past few weeks so i'm I'm glad to be back with you
1: yeah uh, it's 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 been busy it's, it's been busy. therapy and let's talk about your busy
0: life because you've been acting or something <laughs> well that could be
1: I guess a little bit too acting <laughs> I guess to a degree I've been <clears throat> doing a little acting yes I'm getting choked up thinking about it. Uh, No, actually, um, I guess it was about a month ago. um, Edmy, who's also does some acting on the side, and she has this website she goes to that she joined uh, to look for auditions for different parts that might fit her. And she said, you know, I'm seeing a lot of parts. They're looking because now everything's starting to shoot. Everything, Netflix is shooting all this stuff, Amazon, Apple TV, regular TV, movies. And obviously a lot of it is shot in this area in New York. And she said, you know, there's a lot of stuff for background actors. Why don't you put together a profile and give it a shot? So I did. I slapped some pictures together, blah, blah, blah. Next thing I know, I'm getting emails, you know, to, to they said, this part might fit you. So send us this and send us that. So I did. And lo and behold, I got, a, I got my first part on an Apple TV show uh, that I, I'm not at liberty to talk about. It takes place in the future um, on a train in London, but that's a whole other thing. So I was a I was a subway rider. The next one was a Netflix show, uh, which I was a mover. You know, I, I was fitted for, I had it, and you have to get fitted for, for like costumes and outfits that you need for this. Uh, the last one was actually, I was on Billions. I was a lawyer. So I'm moving up. I went from, uh, you know, a Any subway rider to parts? a lawyer. Uh, no, partners? no speaking yet. Once you speak, you you make you make good money. Uh, right. <laughs> no, but I the good thing, that. you know what? For me, it's been fun. I'm getting out. I'm meeting people, uh, which yeah. you know wasn't happening during COVID for the longest time. And uh, you know, you meet you meet all sorts of characters, and it's fun to watch to watch how these things are actually shot. Yeah. You know, and how meticulous it is. It's, it's really crazy. So I've been on location, you know, at a beautiful home out in the suburbs for one thing I've been in on a set, uh, which is another huge uh, entity. There's apparently, there are these big studios now in Glendale Queens and yeah, um, Brooklyn, not yeah. just the silver cup one. It's, it's, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, you know, that's been fun. Um, I've got a couple others lined up. We'll see what happens. It, and talk it, it, about
0: the nightmare of having to test for COVID.
1: Well, Yes and no. You know, the funny thing in, in all truth about this, uh, you know, we, we both are union SAG after union people. So what they worked out, because because there are very tight restrictions on any of these, you know, if you're going to be on a set, you're going to test at least once, if not twice, uh, and then you test the day of. So you're going to test once or twice you know, days before, and then you're going to test day of. But when you go to test, let's say I have a shoot, for example, on Friday. And I'm gonna test Wednesday and Thursday. You go to a testing site, they pay you, they pay you a hundred dollars because you went to go and get tested. So the union had worked that out, which is kind of a good yeah. deal, you know, in that regard at least. So that you know, that that helps. And, and I think it's making more, it's an incentive almost to a degree. Because it takes, if you think about it, if your job is gonna pay you whatever it's gonna pay you to do the shoot that one day. Now you've got another hundred, two hundred dollars in your pocket on top of that. So it's almost like increasing the rate. And I will say this: the testing is no longer like, remember in the beginning, it was like a brain scrape. I mean, they were going up <laughs> there, they were hitting yeah. my cerebrum, you know. I mean, that was like, oh, but now it's it, it basically stays in the lower nostril, which is no big deal. And it's like boom, 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 20 seconds. It okay. Feels good hundred dollars later, I'm like, okay, you know, uh, can I come back later? (laughs) I'll be be back (laughs) at four, you know, but uh, no, but it, but it's been fun. It's been interesting. The protocol is very tight, you know, in terms of wearing masks, et cetera. The thing I find on being an extra and, you know, particularly with the union too, but everybody cares about the food, like the craft service, like the food is the big deal here. Like to me, it's, but they they feed you well. So if you're there early, it's breakfast, then you get lunch. If you're there late, you'll get dinner. It's just snacks in between. Uh, so what's so bad about this? I mean, you know, it's a lot of it is hurry up and wait. You sit around and, uh, you know, basically people are on their phones all day, that kind of thing. But it's been fun. I've gotten to see uh, some of my favorite actors actually in the process. Um, they don't speak to me. No, but uh, <laughs> they don't know me by name yet, but uh, they will one day. But it's, it's been fun. So that's that's one of the things I've been doing. Still doing the real estate thing. Um, <clears throat> and the other project, by the way, which you are part of the inspiration behind it and creativity behind it, I might add, and and probably, and I hope you and I will both do a version of it, but uh, Eddie and I put together with that idea in mind, uh, a, a series, if you will, is the best way I could describe it, that we plan on releasing in November. And it's called I Meant to Tell You. And it's basically people's personal stories about somebody in their life that they meant to tell them something and never got the chance to, either because they have moved on uh, or they've lost touch with or whatever the case might be. Um, and we've already solicited some amazing, amazing stories. Um, it's not all about people who've just passed on. They're, they're very unique stories. So we're looking forward to, you know, putting that together. And that should be out mid November. We have a, a website. I meant to tell you it's called, we have a, a YouTube channel. I meant to tell you, and you'll be hearing more about it as, as we go forward. But I have to tell you, I sit there, and I take these stories in and I start editing them and I put the music in and I put everything together. And at the end, I'm crying. Uh, so <laughs> it's like, it, 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 they're, they're really very, very moving, uh, we've gotten two people from London, uh, somebody from uh, Baltimore, a local from here in the Bronx, somebody from Canada. So it really, it's open to the world. But uh, but you were kind of the, you had a version of it more from a letter standpoint and, and a book, correct? Yeah. And actually, I meant
0: to tell you that I'm really happy that you're moving on with this. But I also feel a little bit uh, like I missed the boat. Like No, uh, you're on the it, boat. It, well, I guess you're in the credits. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's, thank you. That's very nice. I just, uh, I think it's a, it's a worthwhile project and it's, it's kind of like uh, my idea of no stone should remain unturned. And part of that in the last month is having gone to a couple of funerals um, of people uh, that, that we were pretty close to. And by the way, I need to acknowledge the passing of Alan Coulter. Do you know, did you know Alan? Do you know Alan? Oh, Alan was David Letterman's uh, announcer. Oh, yes. Okay, now I know and, who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and Alan was a friend, and he uh, he died uh, about a week ago, I oh, guess wow. it was. Yeah, only 78. Wow. Um, Valerie and I had seen Alan and his wife for lunch, uh, probably pre-pandemic, uh, and actually, his daughter was one of my classmates at NYU School of Social Work many years ago, oh, wow. really? but uh, I've known Alan through radio and through the Letterman show for many years, and uh, he passed way, way too early. He's a real decent, nice human being, and what I meant to tell you is that, Alan, yeah. you're a great guy, and uh, we miss you.
1: He was one of those, uh, he had one of those iconic voices that you yeah. kind of immediately yeah. know, but Man, radio but, background. He also used to teach, which I didn't know. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, but again, you know, part of the, I meant to tell you and, and the purpose of it really is not all about the reflective things. And and if that can bring people some healing and heal their hearts and their soul about a connection to somebody that they never got to say what they wanted to say, but also to make us realize, Hey, let's not hesitate while they're here if somebody yeah. does something really you know beautiful for you and you feel you know you you need to tell them something special then do it don't hesitate don't wait until it's too late and that's and that's part of what i think this project i hope this this project will do you know part of what inspired it you know in a sad way was with covid so many people passed yeah. passed alone in a hospital and their loved ones which for whatever reason, you know, we always tend to wait until the end to really say something uh, to someone that we always had in our heart. But those opportunities all pass by so many, so many people, hundreds of thousands of people just in this country alone. So, you know, it's it's one of those things, you know, I hope people open up their hearts. I know it might be a little tough. Uh, some people are a little sensitive about it and, you know, and want to be private. But other people, I think it's important. We've had some people, some young people especially, the one I did today, young man from Baltimore, his mom passed away at 32, four beautiful boys. He's the oldest yeah. one. And, uh, and, and he just, you know, wanted to say how much he loved her and he, he's going to take care he's going to do the right thing. And he's going to take care of, of his younger brothers as well and how she was the backbone. And he reflects now, and I didn't know going in. And he said, uh, I can't now at he's all of, I think, 23 years old. And he said, I can't believe, you know, you were a mother at 13 years old. Like, how did you do that? And, yeah. and you know, and, and and stayed stayed with her her, her boys and her children. So, uh, you know, it, it's stories like that. Uh, we had a 9-11 type story. Uh, we've, I mean, it's all all different types of uh, things. We had a, well, a relationship, listen, you know, that, that fell apart, all sorts of different things.
0: I can't wait for my chance in the spotlight because I've got so many I've meant to tell you. Uh, that I will give you plenty of material,
1: uh, <laughs> just, just one to, just give me one to start. No, but, but seriously, as you said, I think everybody, if they really thought they have one, at least one, if not several, like you just said.
0: Again, well, I think about my father all the time and I wish I had had the chance to tell him, uh, so many things, uh, positive thank yous yeah. and, uh, and stuff that I just took for granted while he was alive, thinking he was going to outlive
1: everybody. When people you know leave suddenly, like he did too, that's that always gives you that really, that that lost feeling of, oh, crap, I never got to really say, maybe you did sprinkle it in here or there, but you don't remember and you, you feel like you want that really impactful moment one-on-one to tell them how much you appreciate them. Well, here's
0: what I need you to promise me, and that is when this thing really takes off and I think it's got great potential and it becomes uh, a TV series that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you'll you'll give me a part on it yes to uh to be a correspondent because i because uh i i love interviewing people i love talking to people yep. i like hearing their stories and uh no i and think I, got be good great questions to ask so
1: yeah they'll be great and that and that is part of i think mean, initially we just we're just rolling out these as little shorts that could be anywhere from three to five yeah. minutes long little pieces but to what you're talking about i would love to see it go into something like that where where we do a follow up with these people in a one on one type of interview, asking them, you know, what's it been like since you've, you've done your I meant to tell you has anything changed, do you feel different about things. And sometimes there's a bigger story behind the story. And yeah. there's more to dig behind that. Uh, there's some follow ups. I mean, I envision in my head, somebody, let's say you had a teacher, you know, in high school, that said something to you one day that just totally changed your perspective on life and the direction you went. It's led to this amazing journey and amazing <laughs> life, but then you lost, you can't find the teacher. And then we are able to track them down and then actually get them together, sort of do a reunion interview with both of them. And, you know, things like that, that's how I see this playing out. Uh, so get the word out there. Think about it. Uh, if you have any interest, go to imeanttotellyou.com and uh, leave us a little note and we'll go from there, but I look forward to your story. Um, Thank I'm, you. I'm working on one for my, you know, one of my own as well, but, uh, I think it's important stuff and in, in, especially in today's world. All well, right. So I
0: can, I can consider myself a co-creator then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you absolutely are. Um, uh, you know, in terms of the, the show concept, absolutely. Um, any last thoughts? I'm going to wrap this up as I run. No, out of I just, time. I'm,
0: I'm so happy to sit down and do this with you again and, uh, hope that, uh, we can get the ball rolling and, Bang zoom
1: to the moon. Bang zoom again. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, folks. Um, and again, you can check some of our older shows. We had some wonderful guests on, and yeah. we're gonna. I think we're gonna start. You know, let's let's start digging and shaking the bushes again to get some guests. Uh, either guests we've already had back on, or some some newbies, as the kids say. We need yeah. some newbies on here. The kids. But uh, everybody, sunshine always. Stay safe out there.
0: Be good, feel good, and thanks again for stopping by. Middle Age Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network with Chris Amino and Rick Summers.
1: ah. ah. Once again, Middle Age Warriors was brought to you by Bet Online. Hey,
0: thanks for joining us again on Middle Age Warriors here on the Believe Podcast Network. Please subscribe and rate the show on itunes five stars would be really really nice not that i'm trying to influence you or anything also you can find us on google podcast stitcher and spotify middle-aged warriors your mileage may vary have a good day